my daughter was in London working and her boss was looking for a grey model. And she showed him a picture of me and he said, well, let's get her over to London and let, we need to see her. So they flew me to London, which in itself was, I thought, if this is, if this is it, I'm happy. I flew, they flew me to London. I was picked up by limo. I was taken to a hotel and I had never really been brave. So to go and go into the unknown was not a normal thing for me to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Failure Decoded. I'm one of your co-hosts, Rachel, and I'm here with my co-host, Shamsia, and our guest for today. Shamsia, kick it off and let us know who we're talking to today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we have someone very amazing. Well, you won't believe it, but her small documentary movie is called Living Without Limits, which is completely based on this amazing personality, Caroline Labouchere. Now, she's a qualified performance coach, public speaker, model, style icon with a huge following on social media and appeals to a wide age demographic. She is a conversationalist and is often seen having effortless but intense conversations with doctors, scientists and experts in the field of nutrition, medicine, fitness, lifestyle and you name it. She is passionate about motivating and inspiring women and she wants to motivate herself too before that. She shares her life's lived experiences to show people how she took charge and transformed her life, disrupting the norm in her 50s. And I cannot wait to hear her story. And I really want to learn everything that she has to teach us. So welcome to the show, Carolyn. That was a wonderful introduction. Thank you. You were very kind. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's great to have you today. And we know, obviously, Shamsia gives the best intros. Um, she really does. Yeah, really I should. Does. I, 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 I might steal that, actually. That's a, <laughs> I'll oh. send you a mail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we always like to ask the guest in their own words, you know, how did you end up where you are today? I know you kind of had a bit of a pivot in your life. So tell us about that and how how that happened. Yes, I was not expecting this at all. I was 53 working at a local school, British school, as a receptionist. And my daughter was in London working and her boss was looking for a grey model. And she showed him a picture of me and he said, well, let's get her over to London and we need to see her. So they flew me to London, which in itself was, I thought, if this is, if this is it, I'm happy. I flew, they flew me to London. I was picked up by limo. I was taken to a hotel and I had never really been brave. So for me to go by myself, although my daughter was London, but to go and go into the unknown was not a normal thing for me to do. Age 53, I had been married for, I, I can't do the maths, but I've been married for 31 years now. And I had been the follower. I had wanted to do that. It was my choice, but I had always followed David. And suddenly this opportunity came up and I said, yes. And if you had asked me out to dinner by myself with David being at home, I would have said no in the past. So randomly I said yes. 
And I got the job and it put me in British Vogue eight times in the first year and for my first modeling job at 53. So that was, that was how this started. I mean, that's amazing. Wow. And it was, yeah. And that's completely like, I would like looking at all your portfolio pictures and everything. I'm like, how has she not been doing this one before? Like, this is like amazing. Yeah. My daughter's been modeling a lot longer than I have. She started at 15 um but no I certainly never had yes but it's not just about modeling right like you've been doing so much and it's almost like your career just kick-started from when you were 50 and it happened because of a setback did it happen because of a setback or um I it probably did because um I know this is about failure but in our house we try not to use the word failure because if you get knocked down, I like you like to think that there's a reason for it and it's a learning experience. So if the kids do something wrong or if I did something wrong in my past, I don't want to regret it or have any regrets because as long as I learn from it, it's a lesson. Uh, David lost his job and we were living in Dubai. We'd been here for five, six years and living the life. Uh, he had been invited to join the Emirate Army. And then out of the blue, one week, he'd signed his new contract. So we were still on this wonderful roller coaster ride. And he lost his job. They just cancelled his contract and they cancelled the load of Brits on the same day. And it was a downward spiral because I, as I said, I was, I had followed him all of my life, all of his military life and had been wife of, I had his number. And if you go to the medical center, you give his number to be seen. And suddenly he wasn't able to look after us the way that he always had. And that came as a huge shock and I felt let down. Um, I felt some bad things about him. Um, I don't think I was a particularly nice person. I, don't, I didn't handle the situation very well. It got to the point where we were sleeping on a mattress in an empty apartment. Dogs were sleeping either side of a suitcase um, as their bed. And our daughter was on a sun lounger in the living room. Um... And so, and also I had been on what I call happy pills prior to this, and I still am, citalopram, and I had to go cold turkey off those because you have to go and get an appointment every month to get a prescription every month for that medication, which became very expensive. So I went cold turkey off those pills, which didn't help. So I was crying all the time and probably not using my words because I was feeling so sorry for myself. Um... And randomly, um, Facebook, uh, this lady popped up on Facebook who I, I had seen, um, and whether you believe in it, in it or not, she is a white witch. Um, she had helped me in the past with issues that I had with my father who I don't see. And I thought, well, what else, what else can I do? So I reached out and she said, call me, we'll speak. And she kind of knocked me back. I was expecting her to say, you know, um, 
this is going to happen and this is going to happen and, and this all like a tarot card reader always does they tell you the future she just said you have to take control you are playing the victim what are you going to do about this situation I'm saying well what can I do I don't have a job I've never really had a job as such and you're telling me that I have to take control of the family and that's not that's that's not my bag and she just gave me this really harsh talking to um which I think possibly planted a seed but I didn't take it on board immediately it took a couple of years really to maybe this opportunity that sort of set me off and that that is the reason I said yes because things have been so bad that I had to learn from it and and so you know I apologize to David well I should I should backtrack a little bit another reason I was so upset and so angry was because he had qualified for Kona in Hawaii and he'd gone to Kona during this time where we had no money I was sleeping on the floor with Mimi on the sun lounger so I was pretty pissed off actually at this stage but um but I was uh, I he would go off to, to sit in coffee shops and I'd he'd come back and I'd say well how many jobs did you apply for today I just wanted to leave. I wanted to get out of Dodge and go and start again somewhere else. And he said, no, we have to stay. We have to stay. It'll be okay. Um, and, and it is okay. So I did, I did lose um, respect for him during that period of time. And I do speak to women now who say, I've lost respect for my husband. He's not working. And I'm now able to see the other side of it. And it, it is quite common, actually. That is a very tough situation. I could totally see that because you're totally right. You moved, how many, you've lived in like how many different countries at this point throughout your life? Oh. Like five, maybe more? Uh, yes. America, Canada, India, Germany, 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 England. I learned a huge amount about myself and about David and getting the respect back for him, uh, I also went through mixed emotions in my head and it took a while. You know, you think to yourself, if I've lost respect, what is left in a relationship? Because that's, that's a biggie. So how did, how did you work on that? Did you get like some support? Hmm. Was there other people, external people you talked to? Did you just do a lot of work on yourselves individually? I think we, we have always talked to each other. He is my best friend and having traveled around to so many countries and having made female friends and thinking, oh, I love having a female friend. I just love it. And then they leave or I leave. And then you bounce back to your husband, um, all being well. Uh, and we are lucky enough that that has happened every time. And so we talked a lot and we're pretty good at using our words. It's amazing that you talk about this part of your life so openly and definitely it's not something that only you go through. A lot of couples go through and it's so important to talk about this so that people can learn from your lived experience and also uh, you probably had your husband to deal with and understand and talk to, but not many would have that kind of support. So you're at least like showing them and you're being that beacon of light 
to them. But is it in this chaos, in this intense time of your life that you started like working on your professional skills and like, let no, me now start? No. Was, it was all, woe is me. <laughs> woe. <Whoa. laughs> um, that's all it was uh, for, for that duration um and probably I can't remember exactly but when he came back from Kona I probably wasn't very happy then either uh seeing as he'd just been on holiday is all I could see and um so no it just took I, I think that this this seed had been planted inside me but I still could not see the wood for the trees so nothing changed because I as much as she had told me and I'd written it all down I reread it. Still, it was too big a thing to contemplate, really, taking control, because I never had. So what is that first step you remember, apart from the modeling that you, the modeling contract that you got? What was it like the first few steps you took? Maybe it just happened, but what do you, what is it that you remember? I think it just, I think it did just happen. Um I don't even know that there's any advice that you can give in that situation because everybody, although it might be very similar, everybody does things differently, sees things differently. And I don't know exactly when the the switch was switched. It just was something that grew inside of me that made me feel stronger as a person. Um, and I and I do believe in my lovely white witch. I, I and I and I do think that if you believe in something enough, um, and believe in somebody who has helped you in the past, that you're going to do it your way. But certainly, those those words can help you through the tricky times. I don't know exactly when it changed. It just. Mm. I guess I grew stronger then this opportunity happened and I was able to to I know expand just suddenly sort of take it and run with it how are you now how are you feeling now well I was gonna say actually I came back to Dubai and thought that's it I'm a model now and uh, nobody was interested <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> who are you who, sorry who are you British folk didn't see that. It doesn't sell here. Um, so it took. It, so I was knocked back, but um, I decided I loved it so much that I was going to keep pushing forwards, and I'm still pushing. It's still um, it's still not easy because there's a very young di- uh, demographic here in Dubai. As much as I have a huge following of of uh, I don't know 25 to 40 all over the world here um people are younger there are not many old people here old old older people change that (laughs) (laughs) it's relative it's okay yeah exactly (laughs) i'm expected to be called for a shoot i'm expected to be a grandmother for example and so I won't necessarily get that job because i don't look like a grandmother so i'm kind of in a, a no man's land where I'm no longer a mother, but I'm not a grandmother. Okay. That's a construct I think mm-hmm. uh, is not like real. Maybe maybe it's just your perception. Well, it, it isn't <laughs> my perception. I think it's the the producers, the directors. I think it's their perception. 
Mm. It's like an industry thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's an industry thing. And I think women like you are breaking those barriers. And that is why you're a disruptor. You're a disruptor in the fashion industry. And you're creating all sort of chaos and making people very uncomfortable. And I think that's amazing. I want to see the faces, you know, of people. And I think that's amazing. Uh, it's lovely that there is a, there is a gathering of us. Um, and we are we are quite strong together and also i've i feel in in my my peer group we don't compete against each other if i go mm -hmm. for a job and there's another gray haired because that's generally what they're looking for in the job that i'm going for um we will be very different we are none of us mm -hmm. are the same whereas if you go to a casting of 20 year olds they're all going to be they'll either be brunette or blonde and they'll all look the same that's true so I feel that we, we all have our own niche. And if I don't get the job, it's because I, they were not looking for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, we had someone on a show a while back, and I think the last guest we spoke to, and she was like, you'd be amazed at the reasons people do not get cast in a certain role and it has nothing to do with their talent it has nothing to do with the way they look it's just so sometimes it's just so circumstantial you know and if you would just come to know it would just help people deal with rejection or failure so much better you know so as you I think um, you're saying the same thing absolutely <laughs> yeah we're back on that failure world word I know it's your word but I, I just it isn't failing you know if I go for a casting and I don't get it there's a reason. There's a, there's, there'll be something else. I'm supposed to go somewhere else or do something else on that day. I try not to be disappointed. And I do not want to believe I failed. Because you brought this up that you don't use the word failure in your household, I'd love to know what your impression of failure is. And I put that in air quotes for people, obviously, because they're just listening to this. Because I think it's so true. Like everyone has a different perception of what failure is. Some people look at it as a positive, like glass half full, like, you know, like you said, it's an opportunity, it's learning, you know, you get pushed down for a reason and other people harbor it and it, it scares them and it prevents them from moving forward. So it sounds like you have a pretty healthy relationship with, let's call it failure for lack of a better word, but how do you define failure in your own mind? And like, I'd love to know how you look at it in such a positive light. I think failure can eat you. I think I would spend, and, and I do, Honestly, lie in bed at two o'clock in the morning. If I if I happen to wake up, I will lie there and think about the conversation I had with somebody, which is so petty, and that person wouldn't be thinking about it. But I'm thinking, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? And it's not healthy. And so you just have to change that mindset. In fact, I was listening. I listened to The Secret in the car, and although David says, don't talk about it because it's a secret. And I was, um, today they were saying, if you're not feeling happy, smile for a minute and it will make you happy. And I love that. So that is, so also going back to the word, David is a competitive athlete. And so if he doesn't win when he sees, when he believes he's going to, because he believes he's going to win a particular race, you can't say he failed because he put, a hundred percent into that there was just somebody better on the day it, it's it's a negative word and it isn't helpful to you to use it 
and we'll make sure you don't have to use that anymore now <laughs> on this show. So, no, 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 and, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I did. I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't use it or anybody shouldn't use it. I'm just saying for me, it's yeah. it's, it's a word I would choose not to. Yeah. And another word I try not to say is hate. If I hate something, I really hate it. But dislike, I would prefer to use dislike rather than hate. But it doesn't, mm. I'm not anti-people. You know, if you come second in a race, you're second. And I don't believe everybody should be first. I'm not going down that road. But you didn't fail. But it's yeah. okay to believe that way because when I was growing up, I constantly kept saying winning is not everything it's the only thing that's all <laughs> but it is it is and i you and so if david comes back and he says i didn't win i said well why why didn't you win you said you were gonna win <laughs> i actually like that but it's not healthy to have that kind of a mindset i know i'm just learning it now so it's good to hear these stories there are winners <laughs> and losers definitely but not failures <laughs> Now you're successful and you're an entrepreneur and you're building a whole brand. Tell us about that. How oh, you have an amazing portfolio, but it, it takes a lot of hard work to have your YouTube channel, to be so consistent on Instagram, to have a perfect, beautiful, aesthetically appealing website. Do you do it all by yourself? Do you have a team? How did the idea come? Who's guiding you? I wish I had a team. Mm -hmm. My team. I I would so love a team. I do my Instagram myself. I did get somebody to make my website. Um, and I have been a bit slack on that recently. Because it, I find if I'm not in the mood, it doesn't get done. And that is why you employ people, isn't it? Because they're good at the job that you're not good at. Yeah. Like delegation. Yes, I haven't progressed. And I'm a Leo too, so delegation is my big thing. But I don't, I don't, um, I don't have a team. Um, one day I will have a team when I grow up. <laughs> when you grow up, yeah. yes, that's the spirit. Yeah. But who edits your videos? Who's taking those videos? Are you doing everything yourself? Please tell me no. <laughs> no, I have edited a few of my videos, and you probably could pick out the ones I edited. But my daughter is does PR. So she has that's something that she's taken on recently, and she makes a few of my reels, which is great. Um, and I'm lucky to come across people who are good at that sort of thing, and so I ask for their help. Asking for help is probably the bravest thing one can do, and I think all entrepreneurs should start taking more help from people, even though they don't want to. What do you think about that? Oh, for sure. We, we, nobody's good at everything. Um, nobody is. And that is why we employ people. It's um, finding the right people who you, I really believe that, that you should surround yourself with people, like-minded people and people who think, that just think the same way that you do. And I think, the thought process of me going out to employ somebody, I believe they'll drop into my life at some stage. At some stage, I'm going to meet the right person and we'll work together. Um, I'd love to know what your top tips are for people that are unsure about the next steps in their life. Because I know that's something that 
you coach people on is, you know, if you're unsure and you're feeling stuck and, you know, you lack the confidence to make your next move, like what, what's one piece of advice you would give that person to help them through that? Think about the alternative. What is the alternative? People say, I'm not getting a DEXA scan, for example. I don't want to get my bones checked. I don't want to get my heart checked. It's too expensive. Well, what is the consequence of not doing that? It's potentially going into hospital. It's potentially having to get family to look after you. It's potentially going into hospital and not coming out. You need to look after yourself. Put yourself first and save up and pay for that DEXA scan. It everything everything is possible i know things are tough at the moment but you have to look after your health for your family's sake yeah i mean health is that thing where it's like as soon as you don't have it it's like the one thing that you'd pay any amount of money to have and it's really hard to know that until you're in that situation um so yeah if you can just keep driving that home that it is important to take care of yourself and it's not selfish like if you're not at your best you're not giving your best to the people in your life, your family or your employees or whoever. So I totally agree with you that that's like step one is just you got to take care of yourself. But it's still the thought of do we go on holiday? Do I buy those shoes or do I go and get a DEXA scan? The DEXA scan's losing for sure. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is yeah. Exactly. It is exactly that. Because why is that? Why? I don't know. Do you think people just want immediate gratification? Like the DEXA scan is for a few, it's future me. Like I, you know, I, I'm not there yet. I'll be fine. I think that's like people take their health for granted. I think more than like they want to go on the vacation now because it's fun in the immediate future. Well, get well, make sure you're well, then go on holiday. So you as an entrepreneur are obviously treading on the health and fitness path. So is there anything big happening that you're planning in the near future no, not really. I tend to wing my life. I will continue to help women any way that I can. It's in us to nurture. And if, if you can help one person, then that makes you feel better, they feel better, and hopefully they'll spread it forward. And so it's just my mission to, to keep finding out, talking to doctors who know about stuff and spreading the information to women. Thank you for doing that. And I really appreciate uh, all the information that you're bringing out so responsibly. And it's beautiful to see you having those conversations with people and women need to be able to hear those conversations. So thank you so much for doing that. So where can our audience find you? Like, do you want to shout out your website or your social media, somewhere where people can learn more about you? Uh, put my name into Google. Uh, you will find my website, uh, YouTube, and Instagram. And I just want to say I'm not too busy. I'm never too busy to talk to anybody. So if you need to talk to me about any issue that you're having, I will do my best to get back to you. Awesome. That's so, that's very kind of you to be open. Cause I think a lot of people are too scared to reach out to people because they think, Oh, they're so busy. Like they couldn't possibly want to talk to me. But a lot of times that's not true. Like a lot of the guests we've had have been very generous with their time and sharing their story. So we really appreciate that uh, you do that as well. Wow.